We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it. Rocket can. So glad to have you on Maggie and Perloff. And I'm just surprised you've been able to hold it in this long, Perloff. The sad dad in you has got to be talking about the terrible weather tonight for Thursday night football. Torrential rains. Why is that a sad dad thing to talk about the weather? Doesn't I, everybody talk? I've been I, I talking about the weather since I was 14 years old. <laughs> yes. Does anybody, any NFL better should talk excessively about the weather. It seems like the number one story of the weekend. Yeah, well, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to start tonight in New York slash New Jersey where the Jags yeah. take on the Jets. The weather is already started. We can tell you because we're here in New York. It's pretty disgusting out there. I mean, that game was already setting up to be possibly disgusting on the field anyway. <laughs> well, at least unpredictable. How is How are these two teams going to play. I know we weren't going to talk about this yet, but I just don't understand how the Jags and the Jets are going to put on a real football game. The way I just went outside, like the awnings outside are blowing, blowing a hundred percent. The rain is coming down sideways. Zach Wilson is not that good to start with. Add this in. (laughs) And then Jacksonville's coming up from the South. It seems like it's going to be a disaster. Well, I mean, this is going to be billed as a quarterback battle, but I wonder how much they're actually going to have, you know, an impact on the game because I don't know how much you're going to be throwing the ball tonight. I just think yeah, it's well, build it, build as a one versus be saying we're one versus two in the totally. No I one's mean, saying this is a bat, but that's not really a battle though because Zach Wilson's not in the battle. If well, that's question. Zach Wilson has a lot at stake though because I think he's fighting for his career. He's trying to fend off Mike White. He's trying to fend off the New York fans, the media. I mean, everyone is really piling on this guy, and so he's got to either you know put up some kind of fight or this could be it. Like. Mike White is seriously in, you know, possibly going to take his starting job. Now, I don't know if that means that he'll, you know, they're going to cut him or trade him. I don't know anything like that. He's still on a rookie on a rookie contract, but this is not good for Zach Wilson. I kind of thought the Zach Wilson train had already left the station. I thought people had sort of given up on Zach, Zach Wilson already. Okay, he's just I think in there because White's hurt, right? I think it's, yeah, he's in there because White's hurt, but I think it's hard to fully give up on a guy whose talent showed you that he, or showed the Jets, that he was wor- worthy of the second overall pick. And you can't just say, oh, well, the Jets, you know, stink because the other draft picks that this general manager has made, for the most part, look like they're panning out. So that's what makes this so interesting is the quarterback just this 100% bust. I think that the team has to own this a lot more. The coaches have to own this a lot more, how they they haven't developed Zach Wilson, but there's no doubt the second overall pick from 2021 looks like he could be on the outs. I feel like Zach Wilson this season's not going to go great for him, but there's a thought that, okay, let's slow down, give him six months, bring him back to camp. Maybe he can be a one or a two. Because he's, they're stuck with him contractually. Yeah. So well, I kind of, I kind of said, yeah, but I don't think anyone's going to take him for that. Why well, now's the time to take him because he'd be so cheap. What would you get for him? They're not going to trade him for anything less than a second round pick, would they? I don't know. I mean, they got a second round pick for Sam Darnold. I just this general manager. Yeah, yeah. Sam Darnold threw a lot of touchdowns. There's no not we, that many. <laughs> not I that mean, many. I. Zach Wilson has what he was six touchdowns and nine picks last year, and he's six touchdowns and six picks this year. There's nobody. They're not giving. No one's giving a high draft pick for Zach Wilson. No one's giving a second rounder. So anyway, I feel like this is uh, the ship has already sailed on Zach Wilson's year this year. Last week against Detroit, he got lucky because he threw about four air balls up, and one was intercepted. Three were caught by the Jets, I know. which was awesome. But I, I don't know. I, I I think that this is just on pause. Then we'll reset next year because he's stuck there. Isn't he stuck there for two years for the most part? Well, I don't know if anyone's ever stuck in this day and age in sports. You know, I just, 
I, I don't know. And if Mike White ends up being the guy, then you don't want to have Zach Wilson back there. You really, I, I don't think you do. And I just wonder if the Jets say they do get into the playoffs, right? This yeah. is an important game tonight. We'll talk about the quarterbacks, of course, but this is an important game for both of these teams. The Jags are, what, a game behind Tennessee, who's really faltering right now. Tannehill's not going to play for the rest of the year. That's the report. What if Jacksonville, they're going to make a huge playoff push. Now the Jets are trying to fend them off here. Like, if What's you, different? So someone's going to get the seventh seed and lose in the first round. Is that that big a deal? I mean, considering the Jets haven't made the playoffs since 2010, yes, just making the playoffs I think would be a big deal. And I just wonder about, you know, this quarterback carousel, whether Mike White's the guy or maybe the Jets start looking a little bit more attractive for somebody. Like, I'm not saying yeah. I don't think Tom Brady's ever going to go there. Don't get me wrong on that. But, I mean, maybe they start looking more attractive to another quarterback. That's funny. A 9-8 a and eight playoff run does not mean a lot to me. Think about the Eagles last year. The fact that they made the playoffs was not that huge a deal. I mean, set up for, they had a nice young team that was set up for success. The commanders making it when they were six and eight, or they won with a losing record. I don't know. It's okay. The the Patriots making it last year did not mean anything to me. Honestly, somebody's going to sneak in because we have all these wild cards now. But that does not, for me, say this is a franchise on the rise. Okay, well, I can tell you from experience that because you guys know I'm a Bills fan, they went 17 years without making the playoffs. Right. They made the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor in Sean McDermott's first year, and they went to Jacksonville and scored three points. 10-3, I remember that game. I didn't care. The fact that they broke the drought meant everything. But did they fall right back down to earth the next year? No, but Josh Allen got drafted. They missed the playoffs and went, I believe, 6-10, and but then made the playoffs the next year. But at least it broke that drought, and it showed, hey, maybe this is a coach that doesn't have to get fired after two years. Maybe (laughs) this is a possibility that maybe things are finally starting to turn around. That's what you want to see when you're an organization like the Jets. So it might not mean anything to you because the Eagles had won a Super Bowl in 2018. It sure as hell didn't mean anything to the Patriots. Their Super Bowl are bust. But to teams that haven't made the playoffs for a long, long time, like the Jets, like the Bills did, as I was talking about, it means everything. Really? So if the Jets are 9-8 and eight and don't make the playoffs... That's a say they're going to be judged way differently than if they're nine and eight and do make the they playoffs. They had a 10 win season and didn't make the playoffs under Todd Bowles. Right. And how did people judge that? So, not making the playoffs was a huge deal because they, actually the Jets have been in the playoffs. What, what no, was, 2010. Yeah. So, that's not that long ago. Not that long ago. It's 2023. That's insane. <laughs> really? I don't know. The Jets, yeah, the you Jets think there's been... like all these teams out there with 13 year playoff droughts? I mean, the Browns snapped theirs with Baker Mayfield. It's oh, I, not not Super Bowl droughts. That's different. Playoff droughts. You should be making the playoffs more than once every 13 years. Do you know how this the... is one of the biggest parody leagues we have? Right, but a nine and eight playoff run is hardly for me a reason to have a ticker tape parade. You know they've expanded the playoffs to basically half the league gets in now. I know, and the Jets still might not get in. Like that's why. They're not a good team. But they're building something. That's what are I'm they? saying. Well, are they? I mean, I don't know if they I think they are. The defense is good enough. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Let's go to Charlie. He's in Vancouver. Wants to talk about the weather tonight. Hey Charlie, how are you? Hey guys. Um, love your show. I really was convinced that for the first time I was going to win a bet on DraftKings last week because you guys t- were so convincing about the under for Buffalo and the Jets. And I think <laughs> it was only over by about 30 points. Sorry, Charlie. I only spent half my Christmas budget. What I'm really wondering <laughs> is do I spend the 
other half now and not pick my, pay, make my car payment if I lose, or do I hold off? Come on, guys, help me out on this. You want to take the under right now at DraftKings 30, sitting at 36 and a half. <laughs> There's not a lot of confidence. There's going to be a lot of scoring tonight. Um, right, thank you. So I do want to do that. I mean, listen. And I don't understand how they're going to score tonight, Charlie, to be honest, but... You're right. And listen, be very, very, you know, bet for fun. Don't bet your mortgage. <laughs> just tell, make something if, that you will enjoy, win or lose. You know what? If it were my money, I'll just tell you what I would do. If it were my money, I would bet the under. Yeah. I think every, is it, I'll bet you 90% of the money comes out. Hey, I have a question, Charlie. Vancouver, Washington. Sure. So that's not Vancouver, British Columbia, <laughs> obviously. It is not. Are, it what's is the relation with the cities? Well, they're both were discovered by a guy named George Vancouver. Um, and Vancouver, Washington was uh, established before Vancouver, British Columbia, as far as the cities. But he named them both. You know and how it, guys get. Is that a suburb of Seattle? It, no, no, no. It's much closer to Portland, Oregon. We are big time Trailblazer fans. We are literally, the Columbia River separates Portland from Vancouver. Uh, so it, I don't know what the. The uh, same thing would be in New York, but it's just as if, if you went across the river, you're in one town, and now you're in the other town. Charlie, uh, can I tell you? Culturally. Can I tell you something that maybe you'll care about, maybe you won't? But um, <laughs> are you a big DB Cooper person? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very familiar with it, and one of the places that they, you know, about every ten years, a local newspaper writes something about it, and there are some uh, some pretty weird things. Woodland, Washington, is about 10, 15 miles north of Vancouver. And there are some locals who swear that there was someone in the community who discovered part of the money. Now, okay. Whether it's true or not, you know, it's conspiracy. Is Sasquatch real? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Charlie. I was interested in that. D.B. Cooper, you know, is yeah. the famous case. And my brother wrote a book yep. about it and now is like a, a, a D.B. Cooper expert. And the money was found in the Columbia River is what yeah. he was talking about. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so that's the river... I am a little confused. You know, when you go to Portland, there are all those bridges. Is that the river they go over, I guess? Or, but one of the bridges leads to Beaverton, where Nike is. Mm. I, I don't We got to do a show in Portland. I Portland's know. the best. Myrtle Beach, Seattle. Portland. These We have to start putting our places on the list here. See, Pacific Northwest is, is totally my jam. Nobody's tan up there. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. That's what you're amongst your people? Yes. I, <laughs> I can live in San Francisco, Portland, or Seattle, places where the sun does not regularly shine. <laughs> I've, I've been offered jobs in L.A. before. Nope, can't do it. I don't want to be the palest person in an entire city. <laughs> you want to go only where the vitamin D deficiencies are uh, just a way of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most of the Pacific Northwest, it's, there's no sun at all. Most of Canada, I would fit in nicely. You, can't remember, you don't see bronze tan people going around, I don't know, Edmonton. It's not a thing. So this is where you feel more comfortable. I feel more comfortable. These are my people. Why don't you just like just go the whole way? Go to Iceland or something. You've told Iceland's me how my much you love it. Favorite country in the world. Everyone's super pale like you. Wait, I'm allowed to call myself pale. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, so my <laughs> I'm sorry. My grandmother was born in Oslo, Norway. The entire region is completely we translucent. Translucent. Yeah. Yes. There's just no sun from up there. <laughs> Yeah, I, people I think like Batman it. works in the shadows. It's actually Perloff working in the shadows. That's you it. can see the white through the shadows. No, I just I I never I've never tanned my entire life. I've always burned. This is funny. Like Perloff in a dark room. It's actually when someone leaves the light on on their iPhone. It's like whoa, I'm being blinded <laughs> again. It's it's funny when I say it about myself. <laughs> it feels a little mean. I'm the sorry. other way around. I didn't mean it like that. Yeah. Uh, just looking up George Vancouver. Kind of. <laughs> 
kind of a fox. <laughs> oh, really? We got a dishy I, explorer on the, on the scene right now? I can see it in 1798. I bet this guy was a real, I bet this guy was a real catch. Right. British Royal Navy officer. Got a little clout. Wait, wait, wait. Hell of a wig here. Are we looking at the here. same picture? Yeah, this guy. Uh, I don't know. You got to put on your six. 1798 <laughs> hat. You don't. <laughs> nobody was walking around looking like Brad Pitt in 1798. Yeah, his wig is not super flattering. That's part of the reason. Um, <laughs> Were any of those white wigs flattering on anybody? <laughs> this is the guy. He looks like Kevin from The Office. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. Well, not as you know. That's rotund. an unflattering portrait. <laughs> yeah. I think in real life, I bet he was kind of a fox. I bet he was a dime. He Did is. he have his teeth? I don't know. Nobody's smiling in any of these photos. <laughs> Probably not. Probably noted a teeth. I got to tell you, I think you're drastically overrating George Vancouver's look. We've been <laughs> over this before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, my daughter. You got to lower your expectations for 1798. Not everybody uh, is going to look, you know, he's got, tan. They didn't have filters back then. There's at least Oil nine, paintings. nine chins in this photo. No, no he looks <laughs> That's fine. a sign of wealth. I think people were attracted, you know? My, well, I have a daughter who's uh, doing the explorers in school right now. Oh, so, I love it. Oh, yeah. By the way, when that guy mentioned something about who discovered what, I, my ears immediately perked up. How do you not love explorers? It's oh, such it's a good best topic. Of, it's the I best know. part of middle school is learning the explorers. I know. And then you get to the next level and just like, oh, no, the indigenous people, that's the dark side. But it's like, yeah. you know, the Magellans oh, yeah. and the Marco Polos and stuff like that. Oh, it's all awesome. Then the the flip side is when the math homework comes comes home. Oh, it's painful. Oh, oh. it's so hard to do. I, Does anybody not hate math homework? <laughs> I saw Stu just groan. You I don't, don't even, even have, have kids, kids yet. And I, <laughs> yeah. But when that. you were a kid, did you hate math homework? I oh. could barely do it. It's tough. I yeah. had more math tutors than like I had half the city was my math tutor. <laughs> <laughs> I had people lined up for every day of the week, and I can still barely add. Yeah, if you want to tell me who who found the St. Lawrence River, I will listen to that. But if you want to give me a variable and make me solve for X, oh, so boring. That's why we're in the sports talk industry. It's the opposite of math. This is why we but, got into this business. But your husband, yes, however. My husband is a mechanical engineer. Yes, His math doesn't, doesn't even us. have numbers. Yeah. That's how advanced it is. It's like, why like, is this only the Greek alphabet? Like sine, cosine, and all that stuff? Sure. <laughs> Whatever. We'll go with that. <laughs> Not numbers. Just... That sounds familiar, right? I didn't think that's sine, like, cosine. Oh, yeah, tangent. Sine, cosine, tangent. Uh, sounds know. good to me. <laughs> right, sounds great. Yeah. Stu, is math not your your specialty? It's all right. I, I really didn't like science. That was my one where I was like, get chemistry. Me out of here. Yeah. That was hard. I, I was big Physics, on science. Yeah. But like you said, the history was really good. The English and reading and all that stuff was great. But so math and eh, science, yeah. We had to do four science classes at college to get our degree. And I'm like, oh, this will be easy. There was a geology class everyone called Rocks for Jocks. Yeah, that's and all my it. friends on the football team were in it. I'm like, oh, this could be so easy. It's the hardest class I ever took. We <laughs> all got C's. It was totally killed my GPA. I was like, what is going on here? This is impossible. How, why am I in this class? Uh, I, I also had to take a geology class. And uh, I ended up taking one about natural disasters. Scared me for life. Like, oh. this was the oh. wrong course for me to take. But it sounds interesting, at least. Everything is just like waiting for the landslide yeah. just to wipe out the village. <laughs> it's just terrible. And then I found myself canoeing one day, part of the class. 
It was rough. 855-212-4. That sounds like the best class ever. What you got to canoe in class and you're complaining? No, I got to canoe, but it meant I met I missed part of the Buster Rhymes concert that was on campus. <laughs> Terrible day for me. 855-212-4 CBS. 855-212-4227. Still haven't lived it down from my friends. Story makes no sense. Buster Rhymes was performing on campus. Yeah, I understand, but how you were in a canoe for your disaster geology class and that <laughs> what that has to do with anything. Okay. I also took the class. It was Buster Rhymes doing a day concert in the during the day. And I had to go canoeing with the geology class. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. All right, coming up, Perloff is going against the grain. He's got some part of the NFL, he hasn't told us yet, that he wants wiped off the face of the earth. Forever. All right. We'll do that next. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 158, and the free Odyssey app. We're back on Maggie and Perloff. So there was a controversial play that I can't get over, Maggie. What's up? Dak Prescott throws a pick six at the end of the Cowboys-Jaguars game. In overtime. In overtime. And rightfully, people are ripping the Cowboys. But in my mind, Dak Prescott deserved no blame for that play. It was a tough play. It could have been, to the point, it could have been his better, one of the better plays of the whole game. He found a way. He was under heavy pressure, rolling against his body through a little five-yard pass that would have been a first down that would have put the Cowboys in midfield in great position to score a field goal. Bounced off of Noah Brown's hands, pick six. And it made me think, you know what's overrated? What's that? NFL statistics, Maggie. <laughs> Hit the against the grain music. All right. Against the grain. So... I was talking to a friend of mine who works for a team, and I asked him, what's the most meaningless stat in the NFL? He said, all of them. <laughs> I totally love that. <laughs> and he pointed me to this aphorism, this old saying, people use statistics as a drunk uses a lamppost for support rather than illumination. Pretty deep. Wow. He George, pointed you to that? Yeah. He said, scouts say that all the time. Because scouts don't like stats. Scouts think that they, that they are completely telling the wrong story. And they, they go deeper. Teams themselves think that stats are shallow, which makes sense. Because if you're a team, you have to dig a lot deeper. I would hope. Uh, I think George Vancouver said that. <laughs> That's smoke show. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you eight stats that I don't like. And you're going to argue back and tell me that I'm crazy. Okay. Number one, interceptions. We're doing it right now. There's so many reasons that interceptions don't tell the whole story. What if the receiver runs the wrong route? What if the receiver doesn't flatten out his route? In other words, he runs behind the safety when he's supposed to cut in. What if the ball bounces off his hands, which happens a million times, and a perfect pass, it goes to the, the defense? What if the receiver decelerates when he should accelerate, like happened to Alan Lazard on Monday night with uh, Aaron Rodgers? What if the defense knows the play and jumps the route? What if it's—here's the ultimate one. What if it's third and 22, and you throw a 50-yard pass and it's intercepted? Same as a punt. Why does that count as an interception? And the worst is if you throw a Hail Mary at the end of a half, and the other team picks it off, it says INT in your column. So will you agree with me that interception can be very misleading for a quarterback stat line? Yes. Good. Good. You're learning. <laughs> you're not going to get an argument from me there. Is this because Josh Allen has a lot of them this year? And you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so I like PFF has a interceptable passes. Yes. That's probably they a. They also be- have catchable balls, catch- right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the reality is those. That's a lot for some fans, but that's a much better reality. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple more that annoy me. I know you just have to pay eight ninety nine for the platinum subscription yeah. to PFF. <laughs> yeah, but you use that. Yeah, it's a tax write off for me. <laughs> uh, rushing touchdowns. Stupid. Rushing touchdowns? So stupid. Why? 
because a receiver catches a pass over the middle at midfield, breaks four tackles, outruns everybody, but goes out of bounds at the one-yard line. Then, here comes the running back. <laughs> Boom. One-yard touchdown. Fantasy football TD Vulture. And in my column today, I pointed to 2014 Vikings running back Matt Asiata destroyed my team by taking all the touchdowns away from Jared McKinnon. <laughs> I can't stand that one-yard touchdown. Come on. That should not count the same. It doesn't tell the whole story of the drive. You know what I think they should do? Should I say this now or do you want me to say it? No, no, please, please. Okay, what I think they should do is almost like in basketball when you make a great play on the defensive end and then you're running the floor, the point guard rewards you with the fast break. Like if you are the person, yeah, yeah, right, if you're the person who made the play happen, I think the first option should be to go to you. Like you should get the opportunity to finish off the drive. Yeah, like why is Keelan Cole running up uh, lining up a tailback? Oh, because (laughs) he needs to get the touchdown. You just, you get the, you get first crack. Oh, you get one shot. Okay. You get one shot. You get first and but, goal. But, of course, the defense is going to know it. Well, going whatever. To... Maybe you get second and goal. I don't know. Okay. Tackles. You disguise it. Tackles. Oh, one you don't like tackles. I hate tackles. Okay. And you know why tackles are stupid? Because they say nothing about how good your defense is. You know who's leading the league in tackles? If you guess this right now, I will buy you dinner every day for the entire year of 2023. Houston Texans. No, no. What player? Oh. <laughs> I'm talking about individual tackles. <laughs> That's a good Who's guess. leading in tackles? It's Foyasade Oluwakan of the Jacksonville Jaguars, a 2018 six-round pick out of Yale. Oh, we're going to watch him tonight. He was actually, was it, didn't they say in the broadcast he was high school teammates with Zeke Elliott? Could be. Yeah. He's having a great year, actually. Uh, but their defense ranks 27th overall, meaning that they cannot get the offense off the field ever. Meaning that you have a million opportunities for tackles because you didn't get them off the field. Mm-hmm. So this is a stat that you have more of if your defense is bad. That is what I call a misleading set. The number two is a guy, uh, Jordan Brooks, plays for the Seahawks. They are the 29th overall defense. Number three on the tackles list, Rashawn Evans, the 28th-ranked Falcons. So the worse your defense is, the more tackles you get. So, like, don't tell me he's leading the league in tackles. That's not good. I don't want to hear it, Maggie. Do you also think the same about third-down conversions? Because the more, if you're always in first and second down and never in third down, you should get rewarded for that or no? I think that now because I've never <laughs> thought of it until you just said it. All right. <laughs> All right. Completion percentage. Go ahead, turn your quarterbacks for the next week. Completion percentage. Do you know how gaudy they are right now? Do you know yeah. that Geno Smith is having a good year, right? It's like one of the 70%. Great, it's 71.4, I think. Do you know where that ranks all time? It's the fifth best completion percentage season in the history of the NFL. It's been around for 102 years. Geno's fifth. There are three Sam, Drew Brees seasons and one Sam Bradford ahead of him. What kind of list for a quarterback set has Sam Bradford and Geno <laughs> Smith in the top five? And if you look at the all-time completion percentage, Drew Brees is number one. Guess who number two is? The all-time most ac- second most accurate passer in the history of the NFL. Jimmy G. Jimmy G is the second most accurate. Completion percentage means nothing because you don't know if that's a screen pass or a Dan Marino 40-yard dart down the field. So I, I think the that, thing that Brady started doing a couple years ago, that yeah. little push pass, like right to the running <laughs> yeah. back who's running, or the wide receiver yeah. is running like a jet sweep, just a little push. Matthew Stafford is third in the NFL right now in completion percentage, and Matt Ryan is ninth. Those guys should not be in the top ten <laughs> of any stat. Oh. All right, a couple more. Uh, passing yards, that's gotten out of control. There, <laughs> how many? There's been 14 5,000-yard seasons in the history of the NFL. 13 of them have come through since 2008. Oh, yeah. I bet three are Jameis Winston. Well, yeah, one is Jameis. <laughs> Jameis is my perfect example of why this is working. He also threw 30 picks. 
Passing yards often means you're losing all the time and you have to throw for a bunch. Yeah. That's deceiving. Passer rating is ridiculous because what kind of scale is 0 to 158? Why would you start? <laughs> let's start a rating out of nowhere. This it was, it became official in 1973, by the way, for all you historians out there. Let's go 0 to 158 and uh, just go with it. What Did anyone ever explain what their rationale was? I actually looked up the formula. It is so complicated. We're <laughs> yeah, talking about how we don't it. like math. Yeah. No. So then in 2011, ESPN came along and said, we're going to do 0 to 100. QBR. QBR. But the problem is you're already in your head adjusted to the old 0 to 158. So you know 100 rating is good. If I say that guy has a 65 QBR, the, most of us don't know what context that is. Yeah. Uh, and then in college football, you have like a 179 rating. Forget it. Doesn't <laughs> My matter. eyes already glazed over on this <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last one that I don't like. This is relevant to today. The number of Pro Bowls on a player's resume. You don't like this? The Eagles are leading the league with eight guys. I don't think the Pro Bowl decisions are typically accurate. I think they're based more on reputation. But the other thing is, you could be the fifth alternate. You could be Mac Jones, who had two quarterbacks in the AFC opt out last year, and get there because they need some warm body in the Pro Bowl, and you get Pro Bowl on your resume. And then you say it shouldn't be as important as it is because when you introduce a legendary NFL player, what do you say? All pros. No, but no, no, no. <laughs> I also do the Pro Bowls, but <laughs> say, I, I generally no, try you should to go do, all pros. You should do all pros, but you you often say nine-time Pro Bowler. It just sounds good. Yeah, it's easy. It's right there. And did you know that they're not even really playing a Pro Bowl this year? It's a skills competition? Yeah, I know. It's, or it's a, is it flag? There's some flat. I don't even know. I tried to read what was going on. Seven on seven. I'm glad they got rid of the game, though, because that was embarrassing. Yeah, okay. The last, I have one more, by the way. Something that's completely deceiving. It's a number. It's not a statistic. I think that whatever round a guy is drafted in, then gets stuck with that guy's label forever. Yeah, like Zach and, Wilson. It makes you confusing. Yeah. Not, I didn't really say Zach Wilson. I was talking about Josh Rosen. The fact that he was a top 10 pick is going to give him a million choices. Because the NFL never admits a mistake. They will give first-rounders choices till the cows come home. And they also... Choices or chances? Chances, sorry. Yeah. And we judge players based on where they were drafted throughout their entire career. Let me give you one example, and tell me if you agree with this. If Kirk Cousins was the number two overall pick, we would view that dude so differently than we do right now. He was a fourth rounder. You know, he got picked by the same draft as RG3 for Washington. Now, I just think that we we attach this draft position, and we just never let go of it. And it's kind of confusing. I think it doesn't tell the whole story. You're right about that. It's always like the guy, if they don't end up having this legendary career, it's like if you're a first-round pick, you never lived up to it or something like that. Yeah. Uh, For example, what if Kyler Murray was a fourth-round pick? How do we judge him? Be, this would be a, the, one of the best success stories we've ever seen that he got $150 million guaranteed yeah. or whatever. Yeah, now he's a borderline disappointment. Yeah. It's bizarre. No, it anyway. does change our expectations. Yeah, so right. I got way off the statistic path there. No, but, I like that, though. I, I think most. I think a lot of these, you're right. I just, how are we supposed to measure guys? Because yeah. I test for you is not the same for me. We talk about scouts don't like these stats. That's why teams get it wrong and some teams get it right because sometimes the scouts are wrong. Absolutely. I do think that... The analytics people like football outsiders and pro football focus get closer. But I have this feeling that Bill Belichick and the Patriots have a whole different system that that can get way beyond this. I, I know, just but think, is Bill Belichick doing that great with it? <laughs> goes, no, that's a good point. I mean... You know what's... And I, I used to make this take that annoyed people to death, but I'm going to share it. I hated RBI in baseball. I thought it was the worst stat. There were three big strat. They're triple crown. Home runs, batting average, RBI. 
how could because RBI, if you have no one on base in front of you, you're not going to have RBI. Totally dependent on someone else. You're totally dependent on your situation. Yeah. So how can you judge? That's a great player because he got 130 RBIs. I think it's meant to show that it's like a clutch statistic, you know, but you have better things now to do clutch, like high leverage situations, late and close, all that. We, we've we done a better job. Hit, batting average with runners in scoring position. Yep. So, but I think people are still stuck on RBIs and batting average and home runs. I mean, the triple crown stats. I think has really gone away. Has it? Yeah. I mean, I think maybe to the casual fan, it's still like an easy barometer of someone having a good season or a bad season. But it's like, if you hit two, if you hit 280 now, that's like good. (laughs) I think 280 and you have, you know, 28 home runs or 30 home runs. People kind of get what you're doing. Yeah. I think. NFL stats are going to be viewed differently down the road because passing has exploded so much. Yeah. I don't think things like completion percentage are going to really be pointed to. Well, the 5,000 so yard season, I feel like, is already out of yeah. the window. Nobody, exactly. It, like, Patrick it's not Mahomes, as special. Mahomes is on pace for 54 67 or something like that. Nobody cares. It's not like when Dan Marino did it. No, that was that's a one season before 2008 over 5,000 yards. That was an anomaly. It was incredible. Yeah. Uh, sorry, how many of those were on the Bills? You actually probably weren't even alive for that. But <laughs> yes. that was eighty three. How many? How many? How many of those yards did he accumulate against the Bills? Is what you're asking? How dare you? Probably a lot. <laughs> now Brady definitely had more. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Like that pearl off against the grain stats. We want to wipe off the face of the earth. I can't imagine anyone was listening through to the end of that, but if you were, I appreciate it. <laughs> I was riveted. I know Ackerman was. I was giving you the the stink eye for the RBIs. Yeah, no, Ack, you're an old school stats guy, right? <laughs> yes, I am. You like RBIs? Yeah, absolutely. If you're in the middle of the lineup, I want I want to see this guy. I want my cleanup hitter with 100 RBIs. What do you think of putting like an Aaron Judge or Bryce Harper number one in the lineup? I don't like that. I don't. I don't yeah. like that at all. That drives me crazy. The Aaron Judge fact. hitting leadoff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've never been more certain of anything in my life than Ack not liking that strategy. Well, I just think that Aaron Judge is a, is a great hitter, totally. And again, you know, as it goes back to RBIs, if you put him third or fourth or, or or fifth, whatever you want, I mean, that guy could win the triple crown. I mean, he could he could do it. I know, but do you want Aaron Judge up four times a game or five times a game? I'd rather have him up uh, three times a game with runners on than four or five times a game with nobody on. Mm. Wait, what, Maggie? Where are you on that one? Um, it, it looks ridiculous to me because of how I grew up watching baseball. But if you're going to give Aaron judge five bites at the apple, potentially four to five, and it's only just the first at bat of the game that, you know, nobody's on, you know, and if you have a a deep lineup, like the Yankees, the bottom of the lineup, in theory, you should have guys on base at the bottom of the lineup too. I mean, when your catcher last year makes the, makes the all-star game. I mean, that, that's what but I he think. Make, I, I get he could, it. He could also make it on his defensive prowess and just be a little lighter-hitting defensive uh, offensive catcher. Yeah, I thought the same thing that Maggie did. If if you're a team that has a really good – because right now I feel like a lot of teams have a good 7, 8, 9 hitter. It's not like when I was a kid, yeah. the 8-hitter eight, eight eight couldn't hit yes. anything. Now yes. they're really good. And now but, everybody's got a DH, too. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Both leagues, yeah. Uh, Stu, what did you say? I have some Dan Marino uh, Bill stats, <laughs> if you're curious. Yeah, what, yeah, what do you do in 83, or is this overall? This is overall. So, career, 7,553 uh, 7, yards, 50 touchdowns, uh, 13 picks. Uh, 35 picks, excuse me. Against the Bills only. Against the Bills alone. Just 7,000 yards. All right, we, we got to take a break now uh, for Rich's update. Can we find Tom Brady's um, yards against and stats Ooh. against the Bills? 
Just because I'm a masochist? Why not? We're, oh. we're here. We might as well do it. Stu, you might need a calculator for touchdowns. <laughs> we'll give you an abacus. Um, all right. Coming up. Ooh, which NFL playoff team could have a quarterback opening next season? We'll get to that in just a moment. Time for a CBS Sports Update with Rich. All right, our research team of Stu Kovacs, who's also producing the show today, he's running the board, he's answering your phone calls, he's doing it all. He's actually uh, letting people to the building. Check it. <laughs> he's wrapping <laughs> presents over there. Yeah. No, he's doing that. Uh, he's not watering the poinsettias on, on No, set. no, did not do that. These things died a slow and painful death. Yeah. By the way, you called me and Stu out for not realizing that these <laughs> needed to be watered. No, well, not, I watered them, but, but I didn't. I didn't do it enough, obviously. But I actually died. talked to one of the people in the office who said there's also a lot of plastic poinsettias in this office as well, and they look exactly like the real thing. Now these are real. Yeah, but he these said, are real because they're dead. I but can see I, they died. I, the fact that I was like, oh, I didn't even know those were real plants was not a mistake. Apparent, in my opinion, a plastic. Poinsettia plant looks exactly like a real one. Like they so you are, just got duped. I got duped. I forget <laughs> this was all fake. I, I realize now there, these, there are a bunch of fake flowers and plants in here too, right? Here's a question. How long are we going to leave this stuff up? Yeah, that's a good point. It's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> are we gonna be Do we come we back in like, on January 2nd? Is it here? I mean, we're here tomorrow. Wait, whose job is it to get rid of it? Well, we never knew whose job it was to water the flowers. So clearly this is the, like, the division of labor has not been assessed. In years past... The, the people who set it up are the ones that also... Come and take it down. Yes. Like elves in the night. Yes. So, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, my guess is when we come back after the new year, everything will still be here. But that's just a guess. Wait, I think we discussed this. How long do you keep your Christmas tree up, Maggie? Um, new Like after new year, right after New Year's Eve? Like oh. New Year's Day, maybe the what? day after? That is, that's fast that's yeah, it's fast I think. oh really yeah. maybe a week i don't know i think my family's usually about a week maybe okay. you know yeah january but I mean, then it starts we to go back to work it starts to get sad around january no no we go a week into january why not okay keep the good vibes going There's nothing more depressing when that tree goes away <laughs> i know because <laughs> it's so dark and like the oh. tree makes everything so festive and then all of a sudden it's just gone yeah, I mean, you have the Super Bowl to look forward to, which is nice. Yeah. But after that, it just gets really dark. <laughs> Great, Perloff. Let's like, feel worse about ourselves. It hasn't even happened. Can't even wait had for the Christmas. new year. Yeah, come on. What? Oh, by- <laughs> we, we are on the other side of the winter solstice. Finally. Days are getting- <laughs> Even God. though I, I said that three weeks ago and it wasn't true. I got misled by somebody on Twitter who I trust. It was December 16th. You're like, it's the longest day of the year. I'm like... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like winter solstice, December 21st, is the longest day of the year. <laughs> Same day every year. Man, but I, I like your optimism. Wait, and I don't know. Speaking of uh, holiday traditions, so you guys keep up your trees like a week after. We probably do, too. I just I haven't committed to memory. But uh, did you see this thing that came out about the royal family? That they have this tradition that goes back to, like, Victoria or something, where when you go to Christmas dinner, everyone gets weighed and then they weigh you, and then they weigh you on the way out of the dinner just to what? see how much how much you've gained <laughs> over the course of just the meal. You're kidding me. And they still do it today. That is really shallow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it meant something different back then. Back then I think it was like a point of pride. Like, look oh, how much I see, weight I, I gained. Look how much I ate. Nowadays that's like not what the vibe is. Would, would that, <laughs> now yeah. it's like, oh my gosh. Would you I don't would you share let that number. affect you? Like would you not have dessert just because you knew you were about to get weight i mean i'd rather not share my weight with everyone at the table <laughs> is this like only family is this you know people from out of town what are we doing 
How many people are at this table? I don't. I have no idea. I thought. I first of all, I'm a little offended here because I thought I was the royal family expert. I watched about 15 minutes of the Harry and Meghan Markle. <laughs> oh, thing. 15 minutes. You hung on for a but long time. But I did time. watch the Crown. Yeah. And I don't remember that part, but it could have happened. Apparently, it's true. Unlike me thinking the winter solstice happened on <laughs> December 1st, this is actually oh, true. I wonder what they eat at that meal, too. I mean, how much do you think you could eat? Like, how much weight do you think you could uh, put on in one meal? Three pounds? Yeah. Being, I, I guess. Probably three to four. Yeah, that's You got to go right. heavy on the bread, load up on bread, and then you got to, like, be eating probably a lot of meat. <laughs> yeah, right? like yeah. pot roast, not salad, things like that. Yeah, yeah. the salad's gonna do nothing for you. <laughs> uh, I, ha- I have something pretty cool coming up. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'll brag about. It. I'm getting two full Christmas dinners, Christmas Eve dinners. So we're going. You to eat tw- you're double dipping. Double you dipping. Tw- two <laughs> wow. huge meals. So my brother-in-law's family is doing Christmas dinner on Christmas Eve from two to four. Okay. Then we're going to my sister's house, and my other brother-in-law is really well-known because he's a really good uh, barbecue chef. Like, he grills everything. Oh, nice. Or, and he dips ducks and turkeys into a... Oh, the deep fryer? Deep fryer. Oh, nice. So I'm going to have two gigantic spreads on New Year's Eve, and I'm going to get to watch football all day. It's going to be an amazing day. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty awesome. So are you going to go, like... Then turkey. Are you the even going to think about it, or you're just going to eat through the day? I'm going to. I'm not going to stop eating the whole day. Yeah. And then there's no way. There's no way in before after. <laughs> I mean, after two big meals. Although you're the family who eats like Philly cheesesteaks before Thanksgiving dinner. No, we which I eat never understood. constantly. We we just yeah. Two big meals. Yeah, you could probably. Uh, and then another might, one Christmas day. How about this? Can you weigh yourself before and then weigh yourself I after? I will. And let's see how much damage you actually do. Okay, so you don't have to check if you if you're self conscious, you don't have to share the the number you weigh, just the delta. Like we just want the yeah. amount that self conscious. Should I be self conscious because the number's too low or the number's too high? <laughs> I don't know. I just want to be. I feel like HR will get involved if I'm like, <laughs> tell us your weight. I think for for men, it might be different. I I'm yeah. happy to share my weight. I mean, guess. Go ahead. Guess. <laughs> no, I'm not guessing. Guess. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I don't because care. I, how much do you weigh? No, I'm a person who's been a string bean my whole life so you can't you, the only insult would be if you said too light do you weigh a hundred and eighty five pounds oh man you just ruined my week oh 185 no. Stu, help her out that's mean 185 uh, you weigh more way more oh okay i'm sorry do you weigh 205 pounds 205 pounds <laughs> No, no. Just <laughs> like, I'm, just, I'm like I'm in the high 190s, like 198, 199. Oh, okay, I wasn't that far off. No, 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 15 pounds. <laughs> if being, I'll tell you what, if you're 15 six, pounds four. off on me, you're probably gonna leave here in a body bag. But it's funny, like being six four, 185 feels too thin. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You're right. You, you really shouldn't be talking. Nobody wants to share their weight. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Enjoy your holiday. No, whatever. I want to know how much your weight changes after you eat yeah, the two no, meals. Yeah, I, I'm actually dying to do that. I will do that. But I don't know if I have access to a scale. Is oh, that yeah. rude? Is that rude at my in-laws? Excuse me, do you have a scale? <laughs> well, so the scales could be different. You need the same scale. I know. Yeah. What's with scales? Every single one is different, right? You got to find the one that really, you know, cooperates with you. Yeah, and then I'll explain. Well, you know, it goes back to the Queen Victoria time. So it me like crazy. <laughs> when everyone was five foot four. Okay, I will do this. I will weigh at the beginning of the first meal and the end of the second meal. You know, I think the other part is desserts, which you're not a big sweets guy. You're going to have to do this to try to get the weight up. All right. 
I'll double down on desserts. And I'll probably be stress eating. It's the Eagles-Cowboys game. But honestly, Ooh. Gardner yeah. Minshew in there, I'm not sure. This is not do or die for the Eagles. So I it's don't do know. or die for the Cowboys. I, I Not do or die. I obviously know they clinched a playoff spot. It's not like that dire. But to me, it feels like the Cowboys have to put up a good show here. But I also... They're home. They're going against Gardner Minshew. I, I also feel like there's something... The Cowboys need a slap in the face. They need something to get them to reverse direction of where they're going right now. You think a loss would do that more than a win? Well, I mean, this old Bill Belichick philosophy. He loved coaching after a loss. I know, in September. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> December is a no, little bit different. I mean, it's not good for the Cowboys to lose. Don't get me wrong, but I don't feel it's a dire emergency. If, if they lose, honestly, like this team really needs to get it. They need something to get their acting gear. Like, they should not be losing to Jacksonville, blowing a 27-10 lead. You're right. And you said all this. They should not be playing to the last whistle with Houston. They're a much better team than that. So that's what I, I'm really – I'm not even concerned about the outcome. I want to see that team that was there six weeks ago who's just running all over people, and Micah Parsons was destroying opposing quarterbacks. Well, we've talked about this with some other teams. Was it the competition that they were playing? Yeah, maybe. Well, well, no, because they played the Texans, but the Texans also did a nice job against the Chiefs. Like, the Texans are a much different team now, clearly, than they were at the beginning of the year. Well, they blew the Vikings out. The Vikings were tired that week, but they beat them 40-3. to Yeah. It's so hard to tell. This year feels like all 32 teams, anyone could play. I mean, the fact that the Chiefs went to overtime with the Texans. Like, I know. What does that mean? I thought that was uh, overlooking them. Slash, no way the Texans could do this again where they take another playoff team down to the wire, and then they did. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Want to hear from you. Coming up, the one thing you need to know before tonight's game between the Jags and the Jets. Got that for you. Got a little transfer portal update for you as well. We'll do it all next. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff right after this.